I proposed is that uh, we expand Obamacare and we increase it. We do not wipe any. And one of the big debates we had with 23 of my colleagues trying to win the nomination that I won were saying that Biden wanted to allow people to have private insurance still. They can. They do. They will under my proposal. It's not what you've said, but and it's not what your party is, has said. That is simply Your party a lie. doesn't say it. Your party that wants to go socialist medicine. Socialist right now, I and the they're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the Not Democratic Party Harris. is what I, in fact, approved of. What I, number one, Joe, you agreed two, with Bernie number, Sanders, I, I, far I left, on the manifesto, with, with we you, call it. And that gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, are I, you I'm saying not going to listen agree? to him. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm, here, I'm here standing facing Pocahontas you all, Pocahontas would have left well, two days early. You, you would have lost every primary All he knows how to do Super is hurt. Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. here's the deal. I got very lucky. I'm going to get very lucky tonight as well. And tonight I'm going to make sure because here's... <laughs> um, the, the thing that bothered me about that is, and the more I'm hearing it, you know, um, as, as I said last hour, I can listen to it calmer because I was all geeked up and excited and wondering how it was going to go in anticipation. It's all surprising. But sure. Yeah. Having heard this stuff in retrospect, Trump had a great argument on a whole bunch of this stuff. And I think if he had just let Biden talk and then when he had his minute or two minutes or whatever and say, he ran against Bernie. Bernie has pulled him clear to the left on this Green New Deal stuff, on the socialized medicine stuff. Here's what I think he would have. His running mate, Kamala Harris, is one of the leading lights of the far left. I think he would have scored more points. Yes. And the only thing you took away in the moment, because it was, you know, so. Um, uh, Brett Baer said last night on Fox about how he said, I just feel worn out after that. I mean, yeah. you, you feel like you've been well said. He said, I, I don't we all feel like we've been through something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so fe- that feeling, I think you lost any of the content. It was all about the the uh, just the, the the emotion of it and none of the specifics. And I, and I think Trump had the specifics on his side on a bunch of things, at least for the majority of America or for a lot of America. And, and and it got lost. Yeah. He did himself a yeah. disservice. Yeah. yeah. A little discouraging, honestly. I heard Ted Cruz this morning uh, making the rounds, and he uh, advocated for the policies and the ideas brilliantly to me. Yeah. Um, Trump is Trump, and everybody knows it, and we're going to have a vote. Uh, well, some of you have already voted, but in November, and we'll make a decision. I just, I, I was hoping to see... And here's something that would move voters. No, no, that that didn't happen. Um, I don't think that happened. I I, no. I I think there would have been a better chance if you know if Trump had done what I was just talking about on some people saying, "Wow, I didn't realize he is for the Green New Deal." It's on his website. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or or whatever you know whatever particular issue there is to you. Oh, by the way, and I, I got to throw this out just because it drives me crazy. It's been driving me crazy for years. Uh, look up Pew, look up Gallup, look up any of your big polls where they ask Americans what are the most important issues. Climate change is always last or second to last. Always. Time after time. Always gets a prime slot in a presidential debate. Every mm-hmm. debate, it's in a prime slot and asked from a lefty perspective. Even though Americans tell Pew and Gallup over and over again, it's not a priority. No. So what no. is going on there? Nothing about spending. And hammering our kids and grandkids with enormous tax bills to pay for our profligacy. That means spending like a lunatic. Um, 
Stop the hammering. And the only time foreign policy came up in any regard was was Hunter Biden being in bed with the Chinese, which Trump interjected and the Ukrainians. Right. Right. It wasn't wasn't part of the question. We, for the first time in many moons, face a serious military threat from China. And it's an even more military, serious military threat than the Cold War because the Cold War was, well, there were proxy wars. There were proxy wars. But I was going to say, the only way we really get into a tussle with Soviet Union is a nuclear holocaust. And that was always fairly unlikely. But with China, battles in the South China Sea, proxy wars, they move on Taiwan or, or at least faint toward Taiwan to see how we react. Uh, kinetic stuff in the Persian Gulf. I mean, all that stuff is absolutely on the table with China. Not a word spent on it. Well, our culture and our and our attitudes are going to tear us apart. But the only, outside of that, the two biggest threats are our debt and China. And neither one of those uh, right. were part of the debate last time. We talked about climate change. I know some of you care about that a lot, but not enough. You, I'm telling you, look at Pew and Gallup. It's always last or second to last. Why it's in a debate, I have no idea. Well, and and I thought. Trump did a pretty good job. That was one of his better moments, uh, talking about how um, climate change, uh, overreacting to it or going too far would crush the economy. I think he could have done a better job for it uh, on it, rather. Um, but I don't know. He is what he is. So um, we got this clip labeled uh, the worst part of the debate. Do we want to hear the worst three minutes of the debate? I don't know if I want to hear all three minutes. Uh, we could stop and start it. I, I'm getting stressed. Seriously, I can feel myself getting stressed, even thinking about it. Why don't we Why don't we do a little stop and startage in the next segment? Okay. We'll break on time for once in okay. our lives okay. after a couple of uh, couple of notes. Um, our text line, by the way, four one five two nine five KFTC. Um. Christian SF with a great takedown of the fake New York Times tax story. Chris freaking Wallace makes time for the fake New York Times tax story. The utterly dishonest New York Times bullcrap tax, Trump's tax story. There's time for that, and there's time for global warming. There isn't time for China. There isn't time for, uh, you know, a a, a special. A, a sober adult discussion of what do we do about the coronavirus going forward. No, we got time for the damn New York Times tax story. Uh, but a couple of notes from uh, our beloved listeners. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, or if you'd prefer to text 415-295-KFTC. I suggest you put us in your contacts. Maybe you don't want to comment now, but you will someday. 415-295-KFTC. This is from Drew the Millennial. Jack was right about the debate. It was a pile of butt, and will do absolutely nothing. A pile of butt. That's all that needs to be said. And you can quote him. Is this a Chinese translation? (laughs) (laughs) Joel, our devoted uh, uh, blind friend of Armstrong and Getty. Shout out, Joel. I'm looking forward to the in-depth analysis Wednesday morning of what a Biden presidency will look like. I popped into the debate occasionally, then had to leave out of frustration. The only thing more annoying than Biden's complete BS misrepresenting COVID and Antifa and, well, everything, was Trump's complete inability to pull his head out of his and make a frickin' point. We just got this text. During last night's post-debate coverage, I didn't see this, CNN's Jake Tapper said his friend's sixth-grade daughter burst into tears and ran into the bedroom because she was so appalled by Trump. Yeah. <laughs> burst yeah. into tears and ran in the bedroom. That's funny. And this also from Twitter. 
It's confirmed debate number two is just a fist fight in a Chili's parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, why don't we end on that note? We'll come back to the lowest of the lowlights in a moment. Productive segment, wasn't it? Yes. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He blew it. It wasn't he booming. Blew it. He blew it. Wasn't it wasn't booming. It was, was, it was the weakest recovery since Is it fair to say he blew it when, in when fact, it was re- no. when there was record un- low unemployment yeah. before COVID? Yeah, but, but because what he did, even before COVID, manufacturing went in the hole. Manufacturing went in a hole. Excuse me, one. Chris. Wait. Number two. Chris. Number three. They said they, it would they, take. They, no, you were number two. No. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. I thought that was amazing. I missed it at the time. <laughs> that Trump. That Trump <laughs> noticed that. Biden went from number one to number three. Trump mm. says you're on number two. <laughs> Will you <laughs> shut up, your, man? Listen. I thought that was incredible. That that. <laughs> He caught that. Uh, anyway, uh, um, in no particular order, will you play 30? I thought this was really good. Chris Wallace uh, pressing Joe Biden. You ever called the Democratic mayor of Portland or the Democratic governor of Oregon and said, hey, you've got to stop this, bring in the National Guard, do whatever it takes, but you'd stop the days and months of violence in Portland? I don't hold public office now. I am... A former vice president. I've made it clear. I've made it clear in my public statements that the violence should be prosecuted. It should be prosecuted. And anyone who commits it. But you've never called for the people. uh, The leader. Excuse me, sir. You have never called for the leaders in Portland and in Oregon to call and bring in the National Guard and knock off 100 days of riots. They can, in fact take care of it if he just stay out of the way oh, look here oh really here, oh really here's the thing i asked him to get the killer no, of a young no, man in the middle of the street and they shot him uh, and for three Ms. days president trump uh, portland president wouldn't trump, do anything i had to send in the u.s marshals they trump, took care of business go ahead sir um because yeah. earlier and chris wallace started that by saying earlier in the debate said you are the leader of the democratic party did you ever call on the leaders in Portland and Seattle and Oregon to uh, to do anything, and yeah. no, I'm not. I'm not in office. I can't do anything. I thought that looked pretty weak. Yeah, to Chris Wallace's credit, for once, he was following up and asking Joe Biden some really tough questions. And honestly, I thought Donald J could have just sat back and yeah. let that happen. Perfect example. Wallace of, had Biden on the ropes. Perfect example of Wallace was trying to follow up yeah. on something that would help you, Donald, if you would just keep your mouth shut and let him follow up. I think that's part of the reason why it seems like Biden got less pushback is because th- he wasn't able to cross-examine for maybe a, a not great phrase because Trump yeah, kept inserting. that could be. Having watched it, some segments several times now that happened a, f- a handful of times where Chris Wallace just started to get into the follow up question and Trump jumped in. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think he would have been better off if he'd have just let him. I wonder. Yeah. All right. So you want to play the uh, the infamous. And we can. Oh, uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to get into the uh, Green New Deal segment, which I think is was really good. Uh, for Trump and bad for Biden. Um, and, and another one where I think if Trump would have stood out of the way more, it would have helped him more because Biden's on the wrong side of that thing. 
Um, and then we definitely have to get to the whole Donald Trump layup. Will you denounce the Proud Boys and how he handled that? Yeah. And, I, and Biden handling Antifa. I would like to talk about that because I believe that segment is being awfully misreported. And, and, and in the usual way, in the biased, biased media. Okay, we'll stand back and stand by and we'll uh, wait for that to come our way. Do you really want to play that clip we were talking about playing? Not really. No, me neither. <laughs> It's our show. Nobody's making us. Okay. Uh, Keep let's yapping, play, man. Let's play, <laughs> <laughs> let's play 24. How about that? I know we've played it before, but it was a key moment. What do you think of that, Jack? You all right with that? Sure, whatever. Yeah. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take in that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Court? Let Vote now. Are you going to pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question is, will you shut who is up, your, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? <laughs> this Who's is on your so list? Right. Gentlemen, is, I think this we've is so unprecedented. not going to give a list. We have so I watched a great debate about this in uh, after the de- after the debate last night. A couple of my favorite pundits going at it, and they disagreed on this. Uh, Jonah Goldberg and Steve Hayes. Oh, Jonah, yeah. Jonah Goldberg said, "I thought that was a, a great moment, really helped Biden." <laughs> Steve Hayes said, "You did what?" And so the two sides of it are, oh, and um, Jonah's gone off the rails. Well, he's been swallowed by the whale of illogic. Well, I understand both arguments. I don't know, you know, how it strikes. Most people, because everybody's struck by this stuff differently, and we all come in with such a boatload of preconceptions of how we feel about these people. Um, Not me, I'm completely neutral. (laughs) One argument was, that's like if there's some guy that just won't shut up and is pestering you and pestering you and and, and just pestering you, and everybody's watching, it's just like, it's it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And you finally say, would you just shut up, man? I mean, (laughs) would you shut up, man? That's like the most decent way you can handle it. Yeah. The other view was, if Biden is running on, you know, we're going to get back to normal, uh, we're going to go back to a normal president, things are going to be normal again and calm and statesmanlike and all that sort of stuff, and you start dropping, would you shut up? You're a clown. You're the worst president this country's ever had. You're a liar. Oh, shut up, you clown. I mean, if, you're, if you start going with that, do you lose that, you know, high ground that you had? I don't. Yes. I don't. I don't know. I, you know. I if I had to bet, I'd bet not a vote was moved last night across the country. I think so because it was so hard to 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 hold on to the thread of serious arguments amidst the bombast. The fact that packing the court would be a, a moment in our country's history, not unlike the Civil War. Um, the introduction of the New Deal, which introduced the massive welfare state. I mean, it would be a pivotal moment oh, in our history. Huge. And and everything should have stopped. And everybody should have said, are you going to pack the court? Why will you not answer the question? I understand you think the next administration ought to be in charge of appointing the next justice. But what if this administration appoints this justice? Because that is the most likely eventuality by far will you respond by packing the court well i'm not going to answer that question that would be an enormous moment in the debate 
But that that clarity was lacking. Yeah, well, it's frustrating. Trump's style, you know, muddies up things so you don't get that sort of clear moment. And then, of course, the media doesn't help. They have no interest in that that topic. That should have been uncomfortable. That should have been a bombshell. Oh, my God. We discuss it for days. Yeah. You've got a presidential candidate that won't answer the question that if they have the power, will they will they add to the Supreme Court? Oh, my God. But, you know, it, it got lost in the mess of everything. Yeah, that's it's really astounding. Yeah, there were moments when Chris Wallace did okay amidst the chaos. There were moments where he was pretty tough on Biden, like that one there was pretty good. But there were many, many moments where he was wildly biased, where he was repeating the talking points of the lefty media salons of Washington, D.C., including the Will You Disavow White Supremacist segment, which is being completely misreported, so, okay, so in we my got, opinion. We got to get into that, but Brian Kilmeade on Fox & Friends this morning said Trump m- missed the easiest presidential layup of all time on the whole Proud Boys thing. So you got to hear both of those. Um, and we'll discuss, and we'll talk about your texts, too, at 415-295-KFTC. My opinion will shock you. Will you shut up, man? That's a heck of a thing to say. Will you shut Who is up, man? Listen. <laughs> God dang it. You go back 20 years and, and, and the, whole, the whole country falls to its knees over that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But Donald Trump proved the biggest layup in the history of debates by saying not condemning white supremacists. I don't know if he didn't hear it, but he's got to clarify that right away. That's like, are you against evil? Um, why the president didn't just uh, knock that out of the park, I'm not sure. Surprising that on Fox and Friends you would get that out of Brian Kilmeade. Um, we'll it's, see if you agree. Yeah. Uh, why don't we play the clips from the debate last night, then... I have some comments that are outside the mainstream media, Uh-oh. no doubt. Uh-oh. No doubt. Do I need to buckle up for this? Uh, yeah, Put on a well, helmet? Freshen up your resume. Oh, boy. Yeah. Go ahead. You have repeatedly we- criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing That's extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups yeah. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha, and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White and right boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing own, problem. This is, this is a left-wing problem. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacists. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then, you know what? No, 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 we're done, we're done sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. We're moving on to the next. That's not an idea. Everybody Antifa in your administration tells you the truth is a bad, is a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no idea. Antifa is a dangerous, radical All right, radical gentlemen, group. we're now moving on to the Trump and, and Biden records. They'll overthrow you. When a president, I'm going to ask a question. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
So, Donald Trump is uh, proud of his uh, going by the gut, um, you know, instincts. One of the problems with it is in a situation where you have media coverage that is wildly one-sided all the time, in which cities burning across America at the hands of Antifa and allied groups are soft-pedaled and ignored, and the appearance, the very appearance of the Proud Boys at a protest or counter-protest is just howled about. Is it, oh, good Lord, white supremacists, the Klan is here. A couple of things you need to know. I am among the people who are very, very proud of Western society and all of the wonderful things it has brought the globe. There are groups that would say, yeah, us too, Joe, that also believe things I'm really uncomfortable with and will not join them on. There are members of the Proud Boys who've said some anti-Semitic stuff that I am 100% not down with. On the other hand, the Proud Boys, every single one of them will tell you proudly, we are absolutely not white supremacists. We have lots of different members of lots of different races. We don't believe in the supremacy of the white race. We think Western civilization is better than the alternatives. And they like to fight. (laughs) There are people within that organization that say stuff that I think is poisonous. It's terrible. Um, But what Donald J. in his gut is reacting to is the idea that, no, Antifa's just, it's it's a rough belief system. It's a, they don't do anything bad and the rest of it. And he can't stand how one-sided all the coverage is. So he's unwilling to give an inch because he's pissed off, annoyed, whatever, at, at the media bias. You know, you can define groups in different ways depending on your beliefs. But the fact that... Your left-wing groups that have vowed that violence is the way to get things done and are avowed Marxists and have stated over and over and over again that they want to destroy the United States and rebuild it in a Marxist ideal um, is ignored. And then Trump is forced to answer for the Proud Boys. It just he, he can't handle it in a really smart, lawyerly way. Do you think that was the biggest layup in presidential debate history, as Brian Kilmeade said? or? Well, the problem is this, and and I'm glad you reminded me, um, the left, and Chris Wallace is unquestionably part of the left. I mean, he's a moderate lefty, and he's a pretty solid journalist. They get to define who's what. They get to say who's a white supremacist, who's a a, a Marxist, and they never will use that term. Uh, and, And so Trump is being asked, According to our definitions, will you condemn this group and support this group and the rest of it? And what he's trying to say is, I don't accept your definitions. Maybe he didn't do it that great. Well, he... Uh, you know, he could have said, listen. He shouldn't have asked to name the group. He shouldn't have said that. Right. He should have right. just said, I condemn white supremacy. Right. I'm not a white supremacist. I condemn it. It has no place in our politics. And then he wouldn't have had to get into a specific group. Trump is a real estate salesman. And he's, he's definitely learned on the job some. I wish he'd learned on the job more. If I would have been in his earpiece, and there are those alleging that Joe Biden had an earpiece in. <laughs> it appears to be a wire. Did you see uh, late in the day? Late in the day, they were asking for an inspection to have a third party yes. uh, agree to check his ear. 
Check his ear. Check him for wires. Oh, my God. Like you're going to talk to the mob boss. I'm going to need you to open your shirt. Uh, Anyway, if Trump had said, all right, listen. Yes, I condemn white supremacist groups. I don't necessarily accept your definition of who is one. But having said that, America is a set of ideals. It is a constitution. And if you're black, brown, yellow, an immigrant, I don't care who you are. If you love America like I do, I embrace you. You are fully an American citizen, and I will work to protect your civil rights. Boom, home run. But it's just not his thing. Okay, I got one more question about that. But okay. first, we want to tell you about Car Shield, which if your uh, car is out of warranty and now you're driving around with that whole boy, I hope nothing happens because I can't afford a car repair right now. You need Car Shield. I would say it is a range of protection plans that can save you thousands for covered repairs. You know how when your car's under the bumper to bumper warranty, if something goes clank, you don't care because you know it's covered? Well, if your car is off warranty or about to go off warranty, Car Shield is perfect because it gives you that same feeling of everything's going to be okay because it's probably covered. Yep, so this is what you do. You get coverage today and see why Car Shield goes further. Call 800 Car 6000. I love a phone number like that. 800 car 6000 and mention the code Armstrong, or you can visit carshield.com and use the code Armstrong to save 10%. Carshield has helped over a million drivers, number one in the field, and the reviews are fabulous. Go to carshield.com, use the code Armstrong, you're going to save 10%. Carshield.com, code Armstrong. So, what does stand back and stand by mean? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you had a theory on that, Sean? I, I think he was just freewheeling, throwing words out. I think he was trying to do, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, stand by, stand down. And he said stand by instead of that. I don't. You don't think it was a, some special code? I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I Yeah. Oh, well, a lot of people did. Uh, and you I know, also if you're think going through Twitter. The, the, and then he gave the AOK sign with the three fingers. Oh, no, no, it's code. Part of this is also Trump's style as well. But at the start of that exchange, when Chris Wallace says, are you ready to condemn white supremacists? He says, sure, yeah. And then, it, but yeah. it just snowballs and, 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 from and, 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 there. Right, exactly. He had it. He had the right answer. He was willing to go there. He was willing to do it. And he, and he wanted to jump to the end of it and, and he says, yeah, sure, whatever. Just name it. Yeah, and he that's, somehow messes it up. He turned his willingness into give the answer the media wanted right. into something that hurt him. Snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. I don't, how did Joe Biden, and I'm not on Joe Biden's side, but how did Joe Biden not say, what does that mean? Stand back and stand by. Because he's a doddering old what fool. Is, what does that mean? Three seventy-year-old. <laughs> right, right. But uh, the, I all. By the way, one more thing I would have said if I was up there is the problem is anybody who opposes the far left is branded racists. They're branded anti-Semitic because of I'm not, not anti-Semitic white supremacists. Because of critical race theory that all you people are swallowing. You don't get to call everybody who stands up to you a racist. Well, James Lindsay and other of my favorite thinkers on critical race theory and everything like that, they really uh, couldn't believe Joe Biden called Antifa. It's an idea. Not he was quoting the FBI director. Well, that, that's crazy. Well, listen, Antifa is organized like every 
terrorist cell and communist cell in the last century. They intentionally don't know who their connections are. One cell doesn't know the names of the other cell. They are loosely organized. Yes, that's intentional. That's straight up the great uh, witness by Whitaker Chambers. It's a it's a it's a book about communism in the 20th century in the United States. And it's a brilliant explanation of how those cells work. They're an organization that is not organized. Okay, and why get hung up on that anyway? The question is, do you condemn Antifa? And that's not an answer to say it's an idea, not an organization. So do you condemn the idea? Yeah, condemn the idea, then fine. Call it, say it's not an organization. They don't have a head office. Okay, fine. <laughs> do you condemn Antifa? As, as somebody tweeted, man, this idea is sure burning down a lot of businesses across the country. Nice. Do you condemn this idea? But that follow-up didn't happen, and he didn't answer that question. I have long been grudgingly respectful of Chris Wallace, but he died to me last night. I want to play the uh, the, uh, the the critical race theory clip. I think we've come up with that, in which he defends the most insidious and racist uh, philosophy that's yeah, uh, per, you know permeated our schools and our government lately. Yeah, well, it, our corporations. I'll tell you, it bothered me that he he clearly doesn't know what critical race theory is. He, he didn't do enough homework on that. And then watching a whole bunch of different uh, post-game shows, including on the right, very few, well, nobody mentioned it. Nobody understands it that wow. I saw last night, wow. which is disappointing to me. We got to get up to speed on what critical race theory is because it's being taught in your schools, or they're trying to teach it in your schools and in the government, and if if Biden wins, it's coming back strong. Did you know they're indoctrinating your children into a truly poisonous philosophy? You probably ought to get that up That is unbelievably speak. racist? Yes. Stand back and stand by. Exactly. Uh, How do you argue with that? That's precisely what I'm going to do what during the, the commercials. What mean? I don't know. Productive segment, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thank you and good night. Clearly, uh, this was the most chaotic presidential debate I've ever seen, and I suspect most of you, if not all of you, have ever seen. Poor Wolf. <laughs> is he okay? Wolf's an idiot. Uh, Van Jones is not an idiot. Play 62 for me real quick, would you, uh, Sean? Uh, Jake said that this was a circus. Uh, circus workers actually reached out to my team. They say, actually, we take offense. Uh, we, are, we are careful and respectful people, uh, and we work very carefully together. So either circus workers are taking offense. This was, this was worse than a circus. You don't know any circus workers, Van Jones. <laughs> circus workers? Um, you know what I was just watching in the lunchroom, by the way? What's that? James Comey's testifying and being oh, grilled right. by Lindsey Graham and Dianne Feinstein. <laughs> Sorry, don't have time for that. We're busy with the S show from last night. Oh, boy. All right, Hanson, I didn't comprehend what you're trying to tell us. Do we have what we're looking for with the critical race theory exchange? And Cut 52. All right, if it isn't right, I'll yell at people. <laughs> this month, your administration uh, directed federal agencies to end racial sensitivity training that addresses white privilege or critical race theory. Why did you decide to do that, to end racial sensitivity training? And 
Do you believe that there is systemic racism in this country, sir? I ended it because it's racist. I ended it because a lot of people were complaining that they were asked to do things that were absolutely insane, that it was a radical uh, revolution that was taking place in our military, uh, in our schools, all over the place. And you know it, and so does what, everybody what, what else. Radical, and he would know. What is oh, radical totally about racist. racial sensitivity training? Sir. If you were a certain person... You had no status in life. It was sort of a reversal. And if you look at the people, we were paying people hundreds of thousands of dollars to teach very bad ideas and, frankly, very sick ideas. And, and really, they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that to happen. We have to go back to the core values of this country. They were teaching people that our country is a horrible place, it's a racist place, and they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm no not going to allow that to happen. He, he's that's, absolutely that's pretty effective. He's absolutely right about that, but he needed to back up a step and explain critical race theory. Chris Wallace clearly has no idea. To him, it 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 doesn't mean anything in particular. It's a particular thing. It's a particular way of, of view of race in America. You don't think he's in on it? You think he's ignorant? I think he's ignorant. Okay. I think he just doesn't understand it. What's wrong with racial sensitivity training? Is a stupid question. Right. Given, if it yeah. if it includes critical race theory. Right. Right. Um, uh, Trump could have done a better job of explaining it to America with a hundred million people watching. Uh, he's right about all that stuff, but I think people people that don't like Trump or you know or wishy washy on him uh, just think, okay, that's his whole standing up for white people thing. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not. No, no. Um, uh, do we have uh, Biden on that? The next clip, I believe. Vice President Biden. Nobody's doing that. He's just, he's oh, racist. Yes, they are. Here's the deal. I, I know a lot more about this. Let, let him finish. The fact is that there is racial insensitivity. People have to be made aware of what other people feel like, what, what insults them, what is demeaning to them. It's important that people know they don't want to. Many people don't want to hurt other people's feelings, but it's, it makes a big difference. It makes a gigantic difference in the way a child is able to grow up and have a, self, a sense of self-esteem. Okay, it's a little I, bit like we, how we've heard enough this guy and he and Chris Wallace either don't know or are willfully ignoring the difference between being racially understanding, sensitive, not a racist, embracing the universal human rights, which the, the Constitution so brilliantly promises all of us, the difference between that and critical race theory. Which says that white people are born racists, the United States is inherently racist, and all of its structures, all of its ideas, the Constitution itself, must be torn apart in service of the new world. That's what that particular, it used to be a niche of academia, but now it's spread across America. Uh, they advocate radical transitions in this country, and, and many of the founders are Marxists. Yeah, and that's why we're reviewing the book Cynical Theories by James uh, Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose, because that is the, the best book out there about the whole thing right now. And it's, I mean, it's it's a cancer in society. And the fact that it was explained so poorly in the debate last night really made me sad. And the saddest part about it is it will absolutely divide us all by race and ethnicity. You will be put permanently into your camp. You will not be an individual. You will not be a human soul, a child of God, an American citizen. You will be Mexican. That's all you can be. 
And you look around the world, people are killing the hell out of each other over those rivalries. There's a hot war going on right now in the Balkans. Um, One theory that could help Trump out of last night's debate is... People that, you know, because a lot, most people that are voting for Biden by far are voting against Trump. Mm-hmm. It's not a Biden thing. It's a- hard to imagine being inspired by Biden. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Was that enough of an S show last night where it will depress turnout for for some of the Biden, Biden crowd where they've lost some of that enthusiasm where it's just like, eh, this whole thing is just that. Eh. Or, or, or did as many Trump people do the same way? I don't know. I think I'm with the people who say last night didn't really move any needles. And I think it turnout, could have. Turnout is a needle, is the question. Could it have affected turnout? Both. Both sides. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. No, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm exhausted. So I heard one ca- former campaign uh, person say the point all Trump was trying to get was sound bites to send out clips. That's what debates are now. You, you try to get sound bites of your opponent or you... Uh, pushing your opponent that you send out to voters that you think can persuade mm-hmm. to 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 hit the polls. There are some good ones there, and and that was the goal of the night. And if that was the goal, then Trump can be happy with things. They can string together a couple of minutes of Biden kind of rambling and uh, uh uh and maybe just the shut up man and you're a clown stuff and you know yeah, but that that doesn't go to waffling voters or there are no waffling voters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's a turnout game at this point, according to the experts. Okay. Which I could believe. How dare I question the experts? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.